have some amazingly talented people that work here. It's amazing. <laughs> hey, thank you for that. Hey, find your Bibles and go to the book of Luke chapter 2 and put a marker in uh, Luke chapter 19. I'm going to go to two passages of scripture. And, uh, you know, we're starting a brand new series called Let It Go. And we're going to talk about letting go of some baggage and some things that slow us down, uh, stuff that gets intensified, especially during this time of the year. And it's going to be an incredible series, how to let go of some anger, how to deal with some unforgiveness and resentment issues. And, you know, 90% of relationship issues or resentment happens in families. And so we're going to talk about how complicated that gets. But uh, I want to talk to you today about the message of Christmas because there should be nothing complicated at all about that. But if you'll find uh, the second chapter of Luke, you're going to find something that should be familiar. We're all familiar with the how uh, of Christmas, you know, how Jesus came into the world, the, the stable, the manger, Mary and Joseph, and all of that. Um, uh, but, but why did Jesus come? And, and this, this passage, the angels actually tell us why he came. Uh, verse 10 of chapter 2. The angels said to them, don't be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people for today in the city of David there's been born to you a Savior who's Christ the Lord. That's, that's why he came. And then Jesus, in chapter 19, gives a story for us and tells us exactly in his own voice why uh, he came and what the meaning of Christmas really is. Verse 1 of chapter 19. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector. He was rich, and he sought to see who Jesus was but he could not because of the crowd. Underline that part. For he was short of stature, so he ran ahead and climbed to a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must be at your house. And so he made haste and he came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, the crowd, when they saw this, they all complained, saying, he's gone to be a guest with this man who's a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, if I've cheated anybody, I'll restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because he's also a son of Abraham. Here's the last part, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Let's say that line again. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. And then I also want you to note verse 3. Zacchaeus sought to see who Jesus was, but he couldn't because of the crowd. Many people have seen the manger, and they've seen the baby, and they know about the story of Christmas, but they've actually never able to get to Jesus. He's been inaccessible to him. How tragic to be on the outside trying to get in, and you can't seem to find your way because you're blocked, because you're excluded, you're ignored, you're rejected, you're kept away, oblivious even to the great news, the good news that God would have to give to, 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 to that person, but they can't seem to get through because all they can see is the crowd. When you're on the outside, that's all you see is the crowd, and so I want to talk to you today about not being part of the crowd, letting that go and uh, making Jesus accessible. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you take the remaining short few minutes that we have. Help me to get to the bottom line and to make the point. And may people hear you speak in a clear way. And may it affect them, Lord, I pray. I pray that they'll be affected in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Christmas uh, doesn't have to be very complicated. You heard how clear this message was. Jesus tells us, or is engaged in this story that explains this good news, the fact that he came, that a savior came to find lost people. There was this man named Zacchaeus who desperately wanted to see Jesus, and it tells us that he was short of stature. That's why he couldn't see over the crowd, but you know, small, short people, little children even, seem to find ways of getting to the front of any crowd. They crawl through, they go around, people open up the door, uh, but you know, this guy was ridiculed, he was rejected, the, the, that, that he was short of stature literally means that he had the body of a child, he was, he was a, a little person, and, uh, and he was also the most hated man in that city. Because he had rejected his own people and he joined up with the Romans and he'd become the chief tax collector. Uh, collecting taxes on the behalf of the invading Romans. And so by the time he, he's trying to find Jesus, why is he looking for Jesus? You know, it says he's the chief tax collector. And Matthew was also a tax collector. And he had invited Jesus over to his house and invited uh, a party of all the other tax collectors. And you have to imagine that maybe Zacchaeus was one of them. Or maybe he'd heard about that party and he was so intrigued and he wanted to see this man who was so different than anybody else. But when he tried to make his way to Jesus, he was blocked he was stopped. You can't, we're not letting you through. We hate you. We don't like you. We don't want you anywhere near us. And they just ignored him. And they kept him at a distance. And they, they rejected him. And here comes Jesus walking through. And Zacchaeus is so desperate to see him. He does something that you can't even imagine. He goes and he climbs up into a tree where he makes himself even more visible to the ridicule of the people. But he doesn't care. He's so desperate. And Jesus walks by. And I want you to notice how specific the details are because love is in the details. Jesus is walking through and he notices this man and he zeroes in and he stops. And he, he walks over and he pays attention to him. You know, love is paying attention to somebody. Love is noticing. Love is stopping. And he looked at him and he called out to him. The scriptures say by name. He said, Zacchaeus. He called him by name. You know, you know what Zacchaeus means? It literally means pure one. That's the meaning of his name. I bet you it was a long time since anybody had called Zacchaeus the pure one. In fact, the system was so corrupt, the, the Roman law allowed him to charge whatever he wanted just so long as Rome got its due. And so here was this person that everybody hated, probably called every name in the book, but pure one was not the name that he would be called. And Jesus comes along, looks at him, notices him, pays attention to him. Stops wherever he's going. Whatever agenda he had, he, he, he pauses that to, to engage this man and, and speak to something deep in the potential of his soul. I, I see who you really are. I see who you want to be. And uh, I, know what, I know what you are. But it doesn't matter to me. I accept you just the way that you are, and I'm speaking to your potential. And he says, I want to come to your house today and spend some time with you. And it says that Zacchaeus was so astonished and he made haste and came down quickly and took Jesus to his house. And, uh, and the people reacted, <laughs> the crowd, that Jesus would go to the house of this sinner. And there was judgment. And I just have to love that Jesus is explaining, this is why I came. I didn't come to judge people, I came to accept people. I didn't come to withdraw away from people who are messed up or who have problems or who are difficult or who have made mistakes or who have, uh, have gone and done things they should never have done but they did out of necessity or out of some sense of anger or even, or even retribution. I'm just going to accept you for who you are. And he Stops whatever agenda Jesus had for the day just to engage this one person because the Holy Spirit spoke to Jesus, whispered to him and says, here's somebody I want you to stop and minister to. 
and love well. And Jesus noticed and he accepted and he helped and he gave. And the power of that encounter was so incredible. We don't know what was said, but, but by the end of that time, Zacchaeus is so grateful and he's so transformed on the inside that he says, after what you've done for me, I, I don't want to ever do anything wrong again. I, I want to follow you. And, and if I've cheated anybody, if I've done anything where I've, I've done something wrong, I want to make it right. And then Jesus said, yeah, that's why salvation's come to this house today. His, your heart's been changed. And then he says those famous words, this is why I came. I came to seek and to save the lost. That's why I'm here. The crowd would have nothing to do with that. And if you've ever been judged by a church, if you've ever been rejected, or if you've ever done something and you made a mistake and then it was awkward and you, you drifted away from church or you couldn't come back or you've been ignored like you didn't matter, I, I want to apologize because you've been misrepresented. Uh, Jesus, Jesus cares. Jesus notices. He understands. He's been seeing you your whole life. And I understand how the crowd has treated you because this is nothing new. Crowds are always judgmental. Crowds don't ever know the individual story. They don't know what's really gone on. They, the crowds judge, uh, crowds get uh, whipped up into, uh, into uh, anger and into hyperbole and into lynching mobs and uh, crowds do some terrible things. Crowds ignore, crowds assume, well, somebody else will help and, and crowds block and crowds go on their way. Uh, crowds don't pay attention, but, but, but Jesus somehow, when the Holy Spirit whispered to him, he responds and he tells us exactly why he's here. And here's Christmas, a time of year when people are the most uh, prone to things like suicide and pain and divorce, uh, brings up all kinds of complications, there's more depression, I have to spend time with people with whom there were mistakes made and now it reminds me of the failure and there's death that has happened and there's all kinds of pain and people are more hurting and yet the crowd right now in our culture is so busy, so bustling, so preoccupied, uh, driven by a marketing message that says it does, that stuff doesn't matter, you gotta buy the perfect gift and you, it's about your parties and about your presence and about everything that, that you need for you and yours and Christmas is the greatest opportunity to share uh, who Jesus really is. And there's people on the outside that are just, that, that Jesus is already at work speaking to. In fact, that's why we've been praying for months. And you know what's incredible? Uh, Jesus is passing their way. Jesus has already gone ahead. And he's doing things in people's heart. He begins to shape people. He notices them. And he begins to open them up. And I'm just saying, right now, at this time of the year, when we're so prone to be so busy and so cluttered and to be so caught up in the consumer-driven marketing agenda, this is the greatest opportunity to be accessible, to share the message of Christ and to be his hands and his feet and to make a difference, and to love people well, recognizing that that hurt or that bad experience or that separation or that, that hole in a heart is probably there. But if you can come alongside and you can meet that need with love and you look somebody in the eyes and you treat them as a person of value and you, you stop and you slow down and you begin to respond, how God can work through that and a person can say something like, I never met anybody like you, and their heart opens up and you earn the right to be heard. Somebody wrote this a couple hundred years ago and it's just as true today. Christ has no hands but our hands to do his work today. He has no feet but our feet to lead men in his way. He has no tongue but our tongue to tell men how he died. He has no help but our help to bring them to his side. We're the only Bible that this careless world will read. 
We are the sinner's gospel, and we are the scoffer's creed. We are the Lord's last message, given in deed and word. What if the line is crooked? And what if the type is blurred? You see, at Christmas, now more than ever, we must be the people that those on the outside would just love to be around, just like they were attracted to Jesus, because Jesus was so attractive, and people wanted to be around him. If you'll just walk around and you'll just read every one of these uh, post-it notes. I've been doing this for weeks now. Tuesday nights, I come through here, and you know, there's, there's a whole list of people. Actually, some of those post-it notes have many more. There's thousands of people, and every single one of them is hurting in some way. And their voices cry out to me, and I imagine their situations, and I just start to think about, Jesus, would you intersect their life? And I pray for you. And I pray that God would intersect your lives with theirs. And when, when those intersections happen and those divine appointments happen, that there would be a real response that would be so unlike the crowd of this world, that there would be help and there would be acceptance. And instead of judgment and withdrawal and busyness and preoccupation, that the values of Jesus would just come out of you, change somebody's life. It's what happened last year when a woman in our church named Michelle just grabbed one of these Love Indie boxes, and she took it home, and she'd been praying for a way to connect with a neighbor, uh, a mom of one of her daughters that seemed to be so uh, hurting all the time. Her face was pained. And as she got to know her, she found out that they were having incredible financial difficulty, and the husband was trying to go to school, and she was working two jobs. And there's so much pressure and she's such a shy person, but she prayed and she said, God, use me. And she got down with her three little kids, and, or two little kids, and they filled the box full of food. And then the kids put some of their toys inside. And they put in a little DVD of a favorite Bible story that they watch all the time. And they took it over as a family uh, to this couple and their little children. They were so profoundly moved that one of their neighbors would come and just share with them. And a few days later, she came back and Tears in her eyes, and she said, I want to thank you. No one's ever done anything like that for me. And by the way, my kids won't stop watching that DVD video. And Michelle had an opportunity to share uh, about her faith in Jesus and why she did what she did, and, and she wanted to know about how she could come to this church. And Michelle wrote to me uh, a letter, and she said this, this whole experience is so way outside of my comfort zone and not something I would typically do because I'm a shy person. But having been praying for a way to connect with this mom, it was great to have something like these boxes to help me. Thank you so much for helping me to read out. See, that's why these notes are on the wall. It's not enough for us just to say, well, let's pray and let's go about our lives. We, we've got to engage and we've got to pray and now is the time. And see, here's the thing. If we've been praying for months, God's been going ahead of us. He's been passing by and people are trying to get in and the crowd cannot be in the way. I want to ask you to let go of this consumer-driven uh, this life that will drive you so hard and so fast this Christmas that you'll miss the point. And you may have some lights in a tree and a party and some presents. And the opportunity to share who Jesus really is will pass you by. And there's, a, there's, a, there's so many people like Zacchaeus who are just, just waiting, who God is talking to, who he's reaching out. And what if the line is crooked? What if the type is blurred? And what if we're the only hands that he has? Um, I want this church to be what we've always dreamed it would be, and it, and it has been ever since we started, that we existed for people uh, who were hurting, who were out on the outside, who had given up on, on God, or maybe they had no church background. It was for, it was for people who have been baptized uh, by the, by the uh, really, the hundreds since we've started. I remember two years ago, a woman by the name of Jan started coming to this church, and she was hopeless. She felt her, her life was, uh, her marriage was going to fall apart after 
many, many years, husband didn't want to have anything to do with God. There was a lot of anger and frustration. And she came, and uh, she encountered some people who get here. I mean, I work here, and there's people that get here in the morning before I even show up. I mean, the volunteers that are in our, in our uh, uh, guest services team that show up here, and they pray, and they prepare, and they're ready to meet people. And there's so much organization that goes in to making sure that, that people have an incredible encounter because they know that the message begins in the parking lot. And so, unbeknownst to her, all of this organization had been done on her behalf so that when she arrived, people were responding to her in a way that she'd never experienced in a church before. Because you have to know, when people hear God's voice and they're coming back to God, the, the first response is vulnerability and fear and will I be rejected and will I be heckled and will the crowd push me away? You know that feeling if you've ever done that before. And so she came in in that very vulnerable state, and she met people who reached out in acceptance and love and help and brought her in. And the time when we greet, people around her uh, said, hey, who are you? And they got to know her, invited her into a small group. She went to a ladies' Bible study for three months. At the end of that three months, her life was so affected that her behavior towards her husband was so different, she invited him to come to our Christmas services, and he agreed, and he came. This uh, 70-year-old man came to our Christmas services two years ago walked in, totally different environment, never been in something like this before. All the music, the lights, and the sound, and all these people that had gotten here early to prepare an environment. The whole goal of our, of our production team is to create such an atmosphere and that they're invisible. They don't want anybody to ever see them because they don't want any distractions. They want people to, be, to feel the presence of God and to be connected. And all these people that show up really early in the morning, the people I thank that get here at 7 a.m. and they're still here after our youth service uh, at 6 o'clock, on Sunday night, and they had done all of this organization and preparation just so that when, when this person would come in, um, he would encounter God, and, and, and uh, he did. And that night, he sat there with tears in his face as I feel God, and he responded to the message, gave his life to Christ. And this Tuesday night, I came here to pray for people, and here was Tom Grevy, 72 years old, tears on his face as he's praying for your loved ones. He's in here. This man is a changed person transformed by the love and the power of God. In fact, Tom, is that you hiding behind? Uh, you're right there. I'm not lying, am I? Is this the truth? This is the truth. I didn't even see you. Dan, you're right there too. And he's got all these Tom Clancy novels on his iPad, and I says, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm not reading those anymore. I just, and he's reading the Bible on his iPad as he sits in here. I, I mean, I, I was just, I'm just amazed at how God has, has changed your life. I wish all of you could see the... Uh, what happens in our K through four environment right now, how people spend all this time and energy, not just adults and moms and dads, but teenagers will come and sit in little circles. How cool is that for a little third grader to have a teenager sitting with them and saying, you know what, this is all true. Let me tell you how this plays out in my life and here's what's ahead of you. How different would your life have been because, because somebody decided to invest into you like that? That's what's going on. Every kid in our community needs to be in that environment. It's just incredible. And it's because people have decided to be a certain kind of a person. I wish you could be there and be a fly on the wall in our Illuminate Youth Service when all those uh, adults and volunteers get here early and all the row pastors show up to, to care and to pray and those kids begin to respond and sing praises to the Lord. And they're not going to be just affected by a message. They hear a message that's going to be targeted to their heart, but then they're invited to come in and join the ministry and to serve. Some of you guys are serving right now on those cameras. And they find places to serve in children's ministry, and they become mentors to others, and it transforms their life. Every student in this community needs to be in that environment, not just the kids in our church. This is something that's going to change their life. 
And I want to thank all of the people who come together and say we are going to give ourselves. I thank all the people who show up and spend all this time and energy to get involved in the lives of people who are going through divorce in our divorce care ministry. And all I want to say to you in the last few minutes of what I have today is that will you just go with the crowd, the marketed, driven, consumer, Christmas crowd, or will you recognize the opportunity that this season brings, that people are more open to Christ at this time of year than any other time of the year? They are longing to be loved, and love is the most powerful force in the world. And it's not just up until December 25th. As they approach 2013, there's going to be this thing that rises up in so many people that says, I can't go one more year like this. Something's got to change. Something's got to change in my life, and and there's a longing, and they're just waiting for somebody to show them some love, invest in them, and then invite them to come and make Jesus accessible. We're going to send out again something like 80,000 postcards five different times to invite people who are in that state to come and be here. But what happens if even a quarter of the people respond? What happens if even a quarter of the people who are on our walls just respond in this season? What would we do? It's going to take every single one of us to be involved and to show that love of Jesus. We're not a place for just to be a bunch of consumer crowd people. We've got to serve in some way. Before you leave today, this is what I'm specifically asking. If you'll take out that response card that's in your program, and you will say, I don't want to be part of just the crowd, and I don't want to be in the way. I will find a place. I will, be, I will do something. You know, the area we're growing the fastest is in our children's ministry. And I need like 100 people to, to get ready for what's going to come in January in that area. You say, well, I don't even like kids. <laughs> well, that's all right. You know, there are lots of roles in that area that, that have nothing to do with direct involvement with kids, but we need your leadership. Some of you men, and some of you women, and some of you students. But my, my, my bet is, is that you'll get in there and your heart will fall in love with some of these kids. And I need you to be there. And I need you to be in, uh, in our parking team and in our guest services and in our production team. And I want you to, 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 to if God's given you the gift uh, of resources to give and to, to, to do things that will make this place, the, the environment, the environment that when people come who are far from God, they'll say, I've never experienced anything like this before. Are you relating to any of this? Has this been some of your experience already as you've come here? Well, it's time to get out of just the crowd. Um, it's time for you to say, this is my church, and this is what I'm going to do, and this, I'm going to be part of the body of Christ. And I'm going to be one of his hands. I'm going to be one of his feet. I'm going to be part of the body, and I'm going to connect. And, you know, if you've just been coming for a short time, and you're just checking this out, and maybe you're one of those people that got rejected or hurt or pushed away, um, I'm sorry about that. And Jesus is passing you by. You're here today not by accident. You're here because God wanted you to hear this. And all you have to do today is just to say, yes, God, I, that's me, and just start to follow him and respond to him and uh, say yes to him because we love you and we care for you and we want to see you become all that God intended to take all the hurt that's happened and to see that transformed for good and used in the lives of other people to bring glory to God. And if you've been coming for a long time and you're a member or you've just been attending but you're not serving or giving or doing anything in every way, any way now's the time. Now's the time to step out of the crowd and not just to be someone who's just enjoying it. Because those folks that get up in the morning and serve and, and give and do all of that, they don't do that just to provide you with a cool place to go to church. 
They do that because they wake up in the morning saying, God, use my life to reach someone who's far from you. And I'm not trying to push you away. I'm saying, I'm trying to draw you in and say, join the people and join the mission of God and be a part of the team that will be involved in changing the lives of people. Because I think in the end, it's going to change your life too. Do you receive what I'm saying today? All right, let's pray together. Now, Holy Spirit, draw every person specifically. You know what needs to be done now, what commitments need to be made. If, you're, if someone's far from Christ today, will you say yes to him, even now? Jesus Christ, I, I need you. Forgive me. I'm sorry for holding you at a distance. Come into my life right now. And I want to follow you. I, do the, I want you to help me. I want you to heal the hurt in my life. Say, yes, God, that's me. And others of you, wherever God's saying to you, just say, God, I will slow down. And I will not be overly busy. And I will... Have my ear open and my eyes open to invest and to invite and to be your hands and feet. I mean it. I say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen.